0: Guys, again, nice and sunny. All right, we're going to be back in Romans chapter two once again. Uh, Romans chapter two, and as you're turning there, we're just going to we're going to try to finish up this section this week. Been a long time in this section. Romans chapter two. <clears throat> Please listen carefully as this is God's Word given to us. Romans chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore thou art excusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth, Against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds to them who by patient continuance and well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Greek, the Gentile. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law so shall perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. And that in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Let's pray once again. Father, again, we thank you for your word we thank you that you've given your word to us in our language that we can understand and father we ask that you would be with those people that are translating working on translation of your word into the languages of the people of the world father we ask that you would be with them and give them diligence give them protection and give them special knowledge and understanding into your word as they translate and make decisions about translation. And Father, we ask that you just help them and guide them and protect them. And Father, we just thank you for your word again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've been studying uh, over quite a while now the six principles of God's judgment. The six principles by which God judges. He'll judge everyone, actually. God judges, and these are the principles. God judges according to truth, and that's in verse 1. God judges uh, according to knowledge, in verse 2. And God judges according to guilt, verses 3 through 5. And God judges according to deeds, that we looked at last week, verses 6 through 10. And God judges impartially in verses 11 through 13, which is where we'll be this week. And the last one, God judges according to motives. So, in verses 11, um, we'll begin there. We'll be talking about God judges impartially. God's impartial in his judgment. He doesn't see my face or your face and say, oh, you're something special. I'm going to be lenient on you or more difficult on you. But he judges impartially. God is no respect of person. That little phrase, respect of persons, is the the meaning of it is to show partiality or to show favoritism to one people or one person over another. God's judgment is impartial He does not respect one person over another. He shows no partiality. God warned Israel about showing partiality. Uh, In Leviticus 19, uh, verse 15 says, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor." We often see an icon of justice of a blind person, or a person that's blindfolded, holding a balanced scale. And what that signifies is it's not a blind person because he can't see, but it's a person that is blindfolded so he cannot see who's standing before them in judgment. It's a blind person that says, I like the way you're dressed or I don't like the way you're dressed and I'm not going to judge. He can't judge accordingly. Proverbs uh, eleven one says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That means treating people equally. Um you know, if you go to another country where you go and buy, you know, whatever you want to eat, vegetables, they'll weigh it out. In fact, you sometimes you'll see the balance weight where they'll have a weight, then they'll pile on whatever you're buying, and when that equals out, you're getting That weight of groceries that you're buying and what he's talking about there about a just weight is not having a weight that's heavier or lighter if you have a light weight that means you're actually selling someone less goods than what they're paying for that would be an unjust weight and that's an abomination to the lord The New Testament gives us the same idea in James chapter 2 verse 1. It says, My brethren, have not the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with with, with respect of persons. He's saying if you're a saved person, don't be a respecter of persons. In verse 2 it says, For if there come unto you, your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come And also a man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou in this good place, but say unto the poor, Stand thou there, or sit there under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? James goes on to say in verses eight and nine, he says, "Love thy neighbor as thyself," and that showing partiality is sin. It's sinful to be a respecter of persons. It's sinful. Then another concept in this this verses that we're looking at is that God is fair in His judgment. He's fair. And what I mean by that, we can can look at and say, what about the person that's never heard about Jesus? A person that doesn't have his language or a, a copy of God's word. What about that person? How can God judge them fairly over against a person that does have access to the word of God or does have the word of God? God is God is fair about that. For us, we have God's word, so He holds us more accountable for His word. You know, Israel, where people often think that's so, well, we we had God's word, we preserved God's word, we copied it many times over the years from. From one generation to the next, and one person to the next, we co- they used to have to hand-copy it. Shouldn't we be treated more lenient than the person that doesn't have God's Word? And God says, no, that's not fair. You have God's Word, so you're more c- accountable. We have God's Word. Many of you have it sitting in your laps looking at it on your phone or your tablet you're more accountable for what it says look at the text in uh, romans chapter 2 verse 12 and we'll see what what he's talking about here uh, that god is fair in his judgment verse 12 it says for as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. The people that do not know the written law will be judged by that law. So if they don't have the written law, they're not going to be judged by that, that written law. God judges according to the light of that he's given each person. God judges according to what a person knows. God judges according to knowledge, and we talked about that weeks ago. Romans two fourteen it says, for when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves." And we talked about this a little bit. A person, every person knows something about what's right and wrong. You know, in fact, there's a group of people that'll say, you know what, I don't need God to tell me what's right and wrong. I already know what's right and wrong. I can figure that out on my own. And some people say, well, there is no right and wrong. But if you just simply ask them, what about the person that comes and steals your stuff? Is that wrong? What about the person that comes and does harm to your family? Is that wrong? You know, they might be okay with someone doing something to other people. But when it comes to them, they know without a doubt it's wrong to have their stuff stolen. They know that it's wrong to have their family harmed. And all of this just verifies, confirms, that God has written in every man's heart His law. That's, that's how they know the difference between right and wrong, because God has written it on their hearts. In verse 15 it says, um, "...which show the work of God written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another." And that's just simply saying that God's Word is verifying that God's Word is written on their heart. And they can judge between what's good and what's evil. But here's the, here's the thing about all of that. Just because we have the ability to understand good and evil doesn't mean it has anything to do or it holds any bearing with God. Because the Bible says all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We're, in, we're as an unclean thing. So where does that leave us? I read this week in Proverbs that the ploughing of the wicked is, is is evil. Where does that leave us? That leaves us where that we can't do anything to save ourselves. We can't live a life that's good enough. The best that we can do is still filthy rags. He's not talking about the the bad in our life as filthy rags. We already know that. He's talking about the good that we proclaim. There's another proverb that says, Every man will proclaim his own goodness. Where does that leave us? That leaves us helpless. We need a Savior. And that law that's written on his heart is that's the light that God has given and given to every man. And that's how God is going to judge every man by the light by the amount of light that he has given them, the amount of good that he's put in their heart. That he'll judge them by that. Because even that standard that's written on their life in their heart, they can't live by it themselves. I can't live by it by myself. And even if I could, it wouldn't be enough because we need a Savior for all the wrong that we did, all the failings that we have. God judges according to the light given them. Then, our last point in this chapter is verse 16. God judges according to motive. We, we talked a little bit about this last time. God judges, not only judges when a person does, not only does God judge according to what you do, but he judges according to why you do it. The reason for the things you do. I'll give you an illustration of that if if I was to come over to uh pastor Eric's house and say, Eric uh, I want to paint your walls in your house for you and while I'm there painting and I do my best to keep the paint where it's supposed to be but something happens and I I kick over a bucket of paint on his brand new carpet Eric could easily question my motives. He could say in his heart he said, "You know what? I think Pastor Jim come over to my house just to ruin my carpet. Kick pain, he's jealous of me having good new carpet and he just wanted to ruin it for me." That's how we often misunderstand the motives for things that people do. It's very easy. It's just a sinful heart. I was talking to my wife about that this morning. That It's my sinful heart that wants to think the worst about things. But God judges according to motive. And that's what Hebrews 4.12 says. He's the discerner. Of the intents of the heart, the Word of God can discern the intents and motives of the heart. And for the same person that's here today, you know, I've talked about a lot about judgment the last couple weeks, and how everyone's going to stand in judgment before God. The Bible says that we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And for the Christian today, praise God for salvation. Because though we may be judged, we're not condemned. And we'll learn about that later in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is, theref- there is now therefore no more condemnation for those who love God. And that's the only way to escape the condemnation of judgment is through Christ. It's just simply turning to Him in repentance and faith. Believing that the sacrifice He made for your sin and my sin is enough. It's enough to save us all the way to heaven. simply believing that and turning away from our sin, turning away from our sin of trying to get to God on our own, turning away from God, using our own goodness to impress God with our goodness, doesn't work. Repenting of those things, repenting of our sin, turning away from them, Forgiveness is for all who believe the Lord Jesus Christ that he paid the cost for their sin. One can receive that forgiveness by repenting of their sin and believing in Jesus. Let's stand and we'll pray. Father, again we thank you For the salvation that you offer freely to all that come. We thank you for the light that you put in every man's heart to do good. Father, this world would be really chaotic if you haven't planted that in every person's heart to do good. And Father, we thank you that you freely offer salvation by your grace through repentance and believing. Father, we thank you for that. and Father, we ask that everywhere your word is preached today that you would save many people at the hearing of your word. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you and we honor you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I will stand and sing our last song. All right, thank you, Pastor Jim. We are going to end with His Forever.